Hi, my name is Andrew Connolly, and I am a children's and youth pastor in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for listening. This is Student-Led Mission, and the purpose of this podcast is to talk about how to effectively reach the unreached people in grade school through students, because there is a struggle out there, a very real struggle, that the professional pastors, the people, and the leaders are above 18, and they can't go out there and just reach us ourselves. So this is a great resource for the parents, the people who are passionate, that made a, that might have graduated high school. They can't reach those people, but there are people in grade school right now that can be empowered and should be empowered to disciple people there. So I'm going to be speaking today to people in grade school. I'm going to be talking to people like in my youth church. I'm going to be talking to people that are under 18 that are going to school right now. So if you have youth that are that age, if there are children around, please gather them around. If you have people that are in mind that are around that age group, please get them to listen. And if you know people like that, just get this resource into their hands. So first, I was called into the ministry when I was around 11. I knew where I was going to go. I still made mistakes. I made a lot of them. I had many addictions when I was a teenager. There were times where I would go to church, I'd play on the worship band, and I would spend 40 hours a week playing music. But many of those hours I would play hungover from the night before because I would also play in a heavy metal band. I made a lot of my money in high school playing in heavy metal music, uh, doing things in the world that I knew I shouldn't be doing just because I enjoyed doing it. Self-control wasn't really a thing that I was gifted with strongly when I was a teenager, and I feel like a lot of teenagers can most likely relate to that. Anyway, so I kept going along with that, but I was really blunt about my faith in Jesus, and I was really passionate about my art forms and about crafting my art forms. And I learned a lot about myself just by spreading the faith in Jesus. And I spread it through my friends, and a lot of my friends said no when I invited them to church. And that was my main strategy. I just tried to get them into the building. I tried. I didn't pretend that I was perfect. I didn't play that game. I didn't try to pretend that I didn't sin, because everybody knew I sinned. Everybody knew the garbage that I was into. I turned, I got deathly ill when I was a freshman in high school. I struggled with this sickness called encephalitis when I was a freshman. I was a up and coming, an up-and-coming athlete. I played football at a high level. I played baseball. I ran track and played basketball all at high levels. 
I sang in music. I, I sang in school musicals and stuff like that, all at high levels. And then I got encephalitis. And I shut down as a human being. For a year, I didn't go to school because I couldn't walk or I couldn't even think or function. I just kind of sat home with my father and teachers came home and they tutored me one-on-one. -on -one. So as I couldn't even hear correctly, my ears had to start over again. So it was like a full body reset. And then I came back and that was really hard for me. I picked up probably every bad habit that you could think of. That was when every bad habit started for me. I lost a lot of my pride because, yeah, I was living a pure life in the modern-day Christian sense. In the modern-day Christian sense, I wasn't looking at pornography. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. I don't think a lot of 14-year-olds do. I wasn't um, doing drugs or any of that. But... I don't think a lot of people were either around that time. I wasn't passionate about people either. I did what I did, and then I went home. And what other people did, other people did. And I didn't worry about them. And then I got sick. And then everything changed. It w my, I kind of entered a dark period. I dropped off every sports team that you could, that I was participating in. My music took an increase. My drama took an increase. My communication took an increase because that is, well, my communication suffered. My music did not. I could still communicate with my hands. My music took an increase. Everything else took a decrease. But... I picked up drugs, and I picked up some other addictions on the way. Empathy took an increase. I started figuring out that people were going through things. I started figuring out that I wasn't the only person going through something horrible at that moment in time. And what I was going through probably wasn't as bad as somebody else. There was a big scare at the end of my struggle with encephalitis. My dad would read a lot of these support blogs, and he would talk with a lot of people in these support blogs with other people that were dealing with encephalitis. And a lot of these people were 90 years old, and the encephalitis wasn't in their brain stem. It was in their lungs. And they were 90 years old. They were 60 years old. And 90% of them died. They weren't going to recover. I recovered. I actually got hit with it twice, and I recovered. Praise the Lord. But near the end of it, 
my neurologist started thinking, hey, this could be MS. And that was obviously terrifying. This could be MS. This might not be going away. This could be something that you deal with forever as a family. So boom, not only are you dealing with this temporary encephalitis that you'll most likely come out of, but you'll also be dealing with something that is going to grow. But the MS test came back negative. And the thing that really got me about the fact that the MS test came back negative is some MS tests do not come back negative. And some people don't deal with things as a family. Some families are not there. Some people don't have a family to deal with things together with. Some people don't. Some people don't have Jesus there to help get through things with. Some people don't have a father there at home to just be in the same building with them when they are angry. And that subconsciously rung true for me in high school. And that made me desperate for people in high school. Okay, so how does that pertain to people? How does that pertain to students? Well, Francis Chan, when he was in high school, he is an internationally known evangelist. He's an internationally known, he used to be a senior pastor. He used to be a youth pastor. Now he just travels the world. He, he sits on the board of a church. He makes a lot of decisions for a church. And he goes around and he inspires church leaders to do amazing things. And he writes these amazing books like Crazy Love and things like that for church leaders and for Christians in general to just grab a hold of and to learn from. But what he used to do as a student would be he would open the phone book, and he would call people from his high school, from any high school in town, and he would call these families, and he would ask for these people in the high school, and he would compare the phone book to the high school yearbook. He would put a lot of time and effort into this, and he would ask them, he would say, hey, do you know that hell is real? Do you know that if you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're going there? And he would talk to them about heaven and hell. He would do this consistently. And he would do this with compassion once he understood the realness of hell. Once he understood and had compassion for them that they could end up in hell if they didn't accept Jesus Christ 
and if they died without doing that. And then he would go through that, and then he would try to invite them to church, and he gave them the decision, and then he would end up with buses of people with him as a teenager going to church. The youth pastor that he had would drive the bus, and he would go to church with all of these people. And when he turned 18, the amazing thing is he wasn't related to the youth pastor. He didn't do anything. Like, he, he wasn't born into any sort of family, but he, when he turned 18, he had a youth group. He was the youth pastor. He was hired on as the youth pastor of a church. Now, I wasn't hired on as youth pastor of a church. I didn't get busloads of people as a church. But there were times when, because I would ask at least 10 or 15 people a week, consistently a week, hey, can you come to youth group with me? And because I would ask these people, there are people that I wouldn't ask that would be asked through people that I would ask. I would bring over 10 people a week to my youth group. And there would be people in my youth group that would try to compete with me to bring people to my youth group. It's all about compassion. It is all about knowing that people are going through things with you. You are not the only person going through things. And it's a very real world. And it's a very real eternity. Once your faith becomes real, students, parents, teachers... I know us people that aren't minors, we have our own mission field we can't go into regularly, those schools. We can't go in there spouting the name of Jesus on a regular basis. We have to wait for other venues to do that. But students, the idea to really grasp a hold of is knowing that there are people out there that we need to be compassionate about. That Jesus is compassionate about and sharing that heart with Jesus. Sharing that compassion with Jesus. Having your heart break with Jesus. Knowing that that eternity is as real as Jesus is. And letting that compassion lead you to getting right in front of them in some venue, whether it is over the phone, whether it is face-to-face, -face, whether it is over Facebook, whether it is all of those venues, it is letting that compassion, letting that passion get you there into that communication forum, into that communication and inviting that person that you see every day and inviting them to where healing can happen. And if you aren't at that place where you can invite them yet, it's loving them every day. Thank you so much for joining the student-led mission. I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you so much again for joining me. Have a nice week.